We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, everybody. Hello, and welcome to what is quite literally an overnight edition of Talking Buffalo, your weekday daily driver for Buffalo sports talk and more. I am your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you very much to everybody, whether you're watching this on the video side, which if you are, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. It really helps us grow this podcast. Or of course, for the majority of you listening on the audio side, thank you very much. I always appreciate you tuning in. This is instant analysis. The Buffalo Bills, literally within the last half hour or so, just got done beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Thursday night football, 24 to 18 in a game that for a third straight week came down to the final play. Unbelievable. And I just want to throw this out right at the top. Not going to be long. Uh, I'm going to have Tone Pucks on with me some point over the weekend, and we will deep dive into a lot of these topics. And I'm sure at that point, I will have some more measured thoughts on this game as well as tone, I'm sure. And uh, these, like I said, these are instant thoughts here right now. Instant takes haven't had time to digest really anything kind of going on the fly. So this podcast is going to be, you know, warts and all not going to be perfect. Haven't had time to really rehearse or even let alone spend a lot of time thinking about what I want to say about this game. Because again, it just ended and I'm recording this probably at 1230 at night, Thursday night, into uh, Friday morning. I'm going to go through some things from this game that I liked. I'm going to go through a couple of things that I didn't like. Then I'll have a couple of big picture uh, items going forward, what I think tonight means for the Buffalo Bills. And then I'll get you out of here, man. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there who are doing their own post game. So I don't want to take up a lot of your time. And I'm going to dive pretty much right into it. I will say this too, before the game, I, I felt comfortable going into this game. I thought this would be a game that the Bills would win. I predicted on the podcast yesterday that they're going to win by at least two scores. And then if anything, I'd be worried about maybe a, a false sense of being overconfident going into a very tough game 
on Sunday night, 10 days from now uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals. Felt pretty good. Uh, pre-game, went out to one of my favorite, most elite spots for, for wings. Shout out, Sunny Reds in, in Lackawanna, Abbott Road, about maybe five minutes or so from the stadium. Uh, I've said this before on the show. I'll say it again. Not talking about like the gimmicky signature flavors, not like the, the hot honey mustard or the Cajun honey barbecue, all those type of flavors, the double dip stuff that you get a lot of places that are really good. If you are in the mood for a straight up traditional, hotter medium, I'm using air quotes here, Buffalo wing, Sunny Reds is right there. They're right there with 9-11 and Bower Bill to me as the best places for just straight up chicken wings. But anyway, went through with my wife, got some great eats, came home, felt good about the game. Offense obviously comes out, looks good, which is you know, stark contrast from what we've seen over the last three games. Thought it was over. Thought it was going to be a blowout. Cruise control at the end. And then, much like all of you, I'm sure, who are watching and listening, just full-on, almost borderline inexcusable anxiety at the end of the game. But at the end of the day, look, a win is a win. I, I agree with that. Bottom line, the Bills are 5-3, and three, 10 days off before a huge matchup Sunday night against Cincinnati. And you don't win with style points. It's been a very ugly week on, on social media. Bills fans infighting amongst each other. You know, the neg negative Nancy crowd, the Oscar Optimist crowd has is, is just been a really big collision. This has been a lot of close games, closer than they should be. They pulled one out against the Giants. They let one go against the Patriots. Didn't think this game was going to come down to that, but it did. Again, quickly, I'm going to just run through things I like. And one more time, just so I can emphasize this. I have not had a lot of time, pretty much no time at all to really think about things too much. These are my knee-jerk instant reactions in the moments that are following the game. Uh, I scribbled down a couple notes. That's all I was able to do. In terms of things I liked, obviously Josh Allen. Uh, the arm was great. The shoulder's not great, but he looked good throwing the ball. And even more importantly, he looked good running the ball. And it was pretty cool. I don't think I've ever in my life seen a crowd get more hyped for a design quarterback sneak that I went for, what, maybe eight yards or so on the Bills' second play of the game. Watching it on TV, you could hear the crowd literally roar, roar with approval when Josh Allen uh, faked a, a screen wide and took off running. It was great because that sent a message immediately that what we saw over the last couple of weeks where Josh just looked like, I don't know if he didn't want to run the ball. I don't know if he was instructed to not scramble and run the football unless it was an absolute emergency. But this design run told you right off the bat that this offense and the philosophy right now is going to be different. Love to see that. Anyway, with the arm, great stats. 31 of 40, 324 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, and that one interception borderline fluky. I don't want to take it, uh, um, anything away from Antoine Winfield Jr. Elite safety, got his hand on the ball, went straight up in the air and a defensive lineman came down with the ball. Still kind of fluky, but anyway, your guy threw for 324 yards and two, or two touchdowns. And he, uh, also ran for 41 yards on seven carries and a touchdown again, showing that he's unafraid to run the football. Probably from an individual standpoint, more than anything else about the game, that's what I liked most. That's the Josh Allen that I want to see. And by the way, 
I'm only throwing out numbers. And again, things are kind of jumping in my head as I'm running my big mouth right now. I also love Josh Allen's energy during this game, especially through the first three quarters. I mean, you could tell, and we'll get into a couple of these things in just a minute, not happy about punting twice on fourth and two later in the game. But anyway, that aside, loved his energy on the football field. I loved when Dalton Kincaid scored a touchdown. He made a beeline on to make sure he got the football. He just seemed in control, complete control, but enthusiastic. It's just that boiled energy that we've seen before with Josh Allen. That was back, and I think that's been missing. Josh said earlier this week, maybe I need to think less. I'm talking about the sport and playing quarterback. Maybe I just need to think less. Whatever he did going into this game, it worked. Because this is the Josh Allen that you could believe in. This is the Josh Allen where even if you're on the road against a good football team and your defense ain't doing shit to stop the offense, and I'm not saying that was the case tonight. I'm just saying, going forward, any game, when you got this Josh Allen out there, throwing the ball the way he did, distributing it the way he did, getting rid of it quick the way he did, being decisive with running the way he did, being smart running the ball the way he did, one place specifically, he took off, got the first down, bam, dropped down. Didn't try to run anybody over, do anything stupid. But anyway, this is the Josh Allen that is MVP caliber. That's what I like to say. MVP caliber, Josh Allen. And when your quarterback's playing at an MVP caliber level, your offense can score 30 to 35 points any given Sunday and find a way to win. So I loved, 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 loved Josh Allen today. In fact, I might have liked him more tonight. And again, knee-jerk reactions in the moment. Maybe I won't feel this way in, a, in a, a day or two. But I actually thought this was Josh's best game of the season. I thought he was better tonight than he was against the Miami Dolphins. Just want to throw that out there. Um, Khalil Shakir, I like that. Your boy has arrived. Six catches, six targets, 92 yards, work in the middle of the field, work in the sidelines moving the sticks. He had one catch where he tipped out on the sidelines and he ran somebody over. That got his team hyped. Delta Kincaid said in the presser that that play specifically really hyped him up. He looked great. He's had, he's got 10 catches now in the, in the last two weeks after basically not doing much at all over the first half of weeks of the season. And this is what we've been waiting for. A slot receiver to matter. And it's taken seven games, but now it's here. Khalil Shakir has arrived. And you know, as it turns out, because it was a big, big, big topic on uh, social media Thursday afternoon when it became reported or first rumored and then reported that Andy Isabella was going to be elevated from the practice squad. And right away, it was like, is he going to eat up Khalil Shakir's snaps? How many snaps is Shakir going to play? Where is he going to play? Well, turns out that was much ado about nothing because Andy Isabella did nothing on offense while Khalil Shakir ate up those slot snaps and he looked really good doing it. That's very promising. I like that. I like it a lot. Um, speaking of Dalton Kincaid. So last week is the big coming out party where he has eight catches for 75 yards against the Patriots. In case you were wondering, was that a one week fluke? And is he going to go back to maybe being that little safety valve guy who, you know, catches two to three passes for 15 to 20 yards? Well, the answer is no. He had five catches for 65 yards today, including a really nice 22-yard touchdown 
on a throw where Josh Allen started scrambling, pulled up, and hit Kincaid in stride. And I'll tell you, over the next few days, like when the guys from Cover One and they're breaking down film, I think you're going to be really impressed with how Dalton Kincaid shifted his route and kept going. Got himself open so Josh Allen could throw him the ball and he gets in the end zone. First ever touchdown, Lake Erie leap into the stands. Awesome to see. I, I said it on social media. I'm going to say it on this podcast. I kind of hit it at it when I had Anthony Marino on yesterday. I don't want to be disrespectful to Dawson Knox. I don't want to be happy that somebody's injured. You hate to see it, okay? Dawson Knox has had drop issues this year. Frankly, he's not been good this year. But he's been a pretty good player throughout his career, and he earned a nice contract that he got. It might not be an ideal contract right now, the way this year has developed for him, but he's earned that money is what I'm saying. I think this Bill's offense is better off without Dawson Knox right now. And again, I'm not saying that to personally attack Dawson Knox or say that he sucks. But I think with Dawson Knox out there, this old 12 personnel thing, which again, these are this is a topic that when I have Tone on and some other guests in the coming days will kind of dive more into the 12 personnel and should they keep trying to do it or not when Quinn and Morris is back or when Knox comes back. That's another discussion for another time. But what I'm saying is right now is Dalton Kincaid has been elevated into a role and I don't think you go backers with him. It's got to be all gas with Delta Kincaid because he is a straight-up weapon. There was another play, too. I think it maybe went for nine or ten yards. But it was like a big slot slant. Just loved it. Anyway, Shakir looks good. Kincaid looks good twice in a row now. I love that. Uh, you know, if you're going to talk about the quarterback playing well and you're going to talk about receivers doing their thing, let's give some credit to the offensive line. I like them a lot. Josh was sacked twice on the day. One of them was more of a coverage sack than anything else. Um, now, part of it was because Josh, by game plan, was getting rid of the ball quicker. In fact, I, I think I saw a stat where this might have been the quickest, actually, he's ever gotten rid of the ball per average for his entire career. But anyway, my point was this. the He didn't get a lot of pressure. There was not a lot of pressure on Josh Allen for this game. And Tampa's got some guys that could get after the quarterback. The offensive line blocked really well. And they also run, they, they were doing a pretty good job of run blocking. Uh, the running backs averaged four point yards per carry for the game. A little bit skewed at the end because the Bills were trying to run the clock out and Tampa was bringing everybody into the box. But anyway, all in all, I thought the offensive line uh, was outstanding. On the defense side of the ball, I thought this was another great game for Jordan Poyer. And this is two in a row. And there was a lot of chatter. And I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm a big Jordan Boyer fan, or maybe I'm Jordan Boyer on a burner account on Twitter, or his, his wife, somebody, they might have been keeping receipts. I don't know. But there was a lot of people who were saying that Jordan Boyer was old and washed. Now, I never went that far, but I did question his speed, his foot speed. He felt like he was getting slow out there, and that his best days were long gone. I questioned it. I'll be, I'll be honest. But these last two games, I'd go as far to say Jordan Boyer might be the best Bills player on defense over the last two games. He was great in New England last week. He had a sack, had a forced fumble, a beautiful one that ultimately should have saved the, that game for the Bills. But anyway, another strong game for him today. Where's his numbers here? Eight tackles, two passes defended, almost had an interception, probably would have been a pick six. He played, the Bills ran plenty of, uh, 
dime packages where Taylor Rappel got on the field. And what they did at times was move Jordan Poyer into that second linebacker spot. I like him, man. I, I He's turned it around. I think you're seeing big game Jordan Poyer back. And I've been kind of begging on social media, where's that 2017 to 2022 Jordan Poyer? Well, I think we've seen the answer the last two weeks. He's not gone. He's still here. Very encouraging. Vaughn Miller, I thought this was, I don't have the snap counts in front of me yet because again, this game just ended a half hour ago, but I, I feel like Vaughn Miller's getting close. This was the first time where I've watched him. This is what I think his fourth game back. This is the first time where we watched him and I felt like he was, he was making plays or getting closer, I should say, to making plays. You could see him get off the ball quicker. You could see him physically engaging and being more physical with the offensive tackles. Uh, he's not just trying to run around or, you know, or hope the quarterback falls into him. Looked like he was being a little more aggressive is what I'm saying. He nearly had a sack, too, at the end of the game. He had Baker Mayfield by his ankle. Baker barely got rid of the football. Is he all the way back? No. Is he close all the way back? Not, not really. But this is encouraging. This is the first time I've watched Vaughn Miller and said, get him off the field because I think he's hurting the team. Over the last couple of weeks, and I understand what they're doing. They got You got to ramp him up. But I felt like there was times where like, get Floyd or get Rizzo out there or even Shaq Lawson because Vaughn Miller's not giving you the best chance to make a play on defense. But this game was different. This game, I felt like he's getting close. I liked him. He, I, I thought he had a nice edge to him uh, in this game. Christian Benford, I'm running down my list here, Christian, my notes. Christian Benford, I thought he's pretty solid. Uh, Evans caught a, a touchdown on him at the end of the game. But again, we can get into that, and we will a little bit. Should have never came down that drive. Should have never came down that play. All in all, Mike Evans is one of the best receivers in football. He only had three catches for 39 yards. With this game ending, I don't have like PFF premium stats yet. You know, how many catches he gave up or what his, his coverage grades are. But to the naked eye, impulsively here, instant analysis, I, I thought Christian Benford played a uh, a very good football game. Tampa's got, you know, say what you will about Baker and some of their offensive linemen, but you still got Godwin, you still got Mike Evans. It's one of the most dangerous tandems in the NFL. And uh, Christian Benford kind of stuck out to me because they kind of won at him a lot and didn't have a lot of success. Um, Ed Oliver being back, that was obviously huge. Look, this defensive line, and especially defensive tackle specifically, is just better when Ed Oliver is back. He had a tackle, he had a sack. They only had two for the game. He had one of them. Um, special teams, which has been a problem for the Bills. It was much better today, tonight. Uh, Tyler Bass made a field goal. I know that sounds like uh, not a big deal, but considering he's missed three in the last two games, thought that was good. Sam Martin, uh, four punts, three of them inside the 20, two of them, I think, inside the like the six-yard line. He was great. Should have had four for four, but Saran Neal missed time to jump at the very end of the game, which actually nearly ended up mattering. Yeah, the punting was great. Field goal kicking was great. Kickoff coverage early on was great. In fact, Josh Norman was elevated from the practice squad, had two special team tackles, one of them a stick, too. Uh, so that was good to see. I can't give special teams complete passing grade because of two straight uh, punt return penalties, which you kind of knew they were coming. The Bills always do that. One by Saran Neal, one by Cam Lewis, and that was annoying, which will be, the, by the way, a quick little segue here. Quick break, come back. We'll go over a couple things. 
that I didn't like. And I'm pretty sure you know where I'm going with this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, I am back here going over things I liked and did not like about the Buffalo Bills 24 to 18. Thrilling, which should have been a thrilling victory over Tampa, but that obviously is the way it turned out. And let's be honest, folks, the Bills could have and maybe should have lost that football game because that Hail Mary at the end, if Chris Godwin sees that ball quicker, he catches the ball without a Buffalo Bell even on him. There wasn't a Buffalo Bill defender in the end zone who even got close to getting a hand on the football. But anyway, it is what it is. We'll talk about that stuff in uh, in the days to come. But things I didn't like, look, I got to start with the most important thing. And you might, you know what? Let me backtrack here. Because this is easy to say things that most of you don't like. Because I guarantee you 95%, maybe even more, of you who are watching or listening to this show right now are probably saying, I hated Sean McDermott punting twice on fourth and two in the second half. I believe both of them were actually in the fourth quarter too. And this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but I'm just, I'm going to say it. I don't have a problem with Sean McDermott punting both times on fourth and two, slightly inside of uh, Tampa territory in, in the second half. And I'm going to tell you why. Yes, you want your offense to be aggressive. Josh Allen is playing great. The offense is playing great. I agree with all that. And if you were playing the Philadelphia Eagles or the Kansas City Chiefs or the Cincinnati Bengals, who they'll see you in 10 days, if you're playing one of those teams, yeah, I'm probably losing my freaking mind that Sean McDermott is not being aggressive and that he's being overly conservative and punting. Y'all lost your minds on social media. And I would agree with you were it not for the opponent. I actually thought they were the right call. Look, 
until so Tampa scores a touchdown on a, on a very short field because of a fluke interception, and then they drove for a field goal earlier. That's it. The rest of the game, that offense did nothing. The Bills' defense was dominating. At the time, the Bills punted both times at fourth and two. The Bills' defense was borderline dominant against Tampa. They couldn't do anything. Plus, your punter's pitting them back. And he did on the, on the punt, too, where Tampa went down and scored. You're telling your defense is playing well. Your offense is up 14 points. The only way it felt like Tampa was going to get back in that game when they're down 14 is maybe Josh Allen, you know, maybe a receiver drops the ball. Maybe he throws a bad pass. They go for it on fourth and two. They don't get it. And now Tampa's got the ball at midfield. You only had to go 50 yards and score and bam, it's a brand new game. Right? So I think Sean McDermott punting was because it wasn't that he didn't trust his offense or he's being conservative. He said he had a lot of confidence in his defense. And at that point, he should have. Tampa's offense wasn't doing shit. Wasn't doing shit. And this is the thing which kind of leads into the thing that I liked the least about this game is it's easy to be an armchair quarterback now and criticize Sean McDermott's uh, decisions to punt. But here's the deal. Not once, but twice. The Bills stopped Tampa on fourth down. Twice. Both times. The Bills committed a defensive penalty on fourth down, which leads to my biggest, uh, I got to pull it up here, dislike by far, and that's Jordan Phillips. I mean, it's fourth and what, 10? You have that man set in the backfield. That whistle is going to blow in milliseconds. It should have blown, actually, to be fair, earlier. He ain't going nowhere. You have him wrapped you're bringing him down. You're on your way to bringing him down, and the game's over. It's party time. It's cruise control. You're up 14 with, what, four minutes left, three minutes left? I don't have the time from front of me. Again, I'm, I'm taping this and discussing my thoughts minutes after this game. But I know it's fourth down. You have the sack. Game is freaking over. 14 points up. Bills are going to run the ball. You burn your timeouts. Even if you get a three-and-out punch, you just burn all your timeouts. You get where I'm going with this. And you're down two touchdowns, not six points. What does Jordan Phillips do? Grabs the guy's face mask. That might be, and I said at the time, emotionally, I'm still semi-emotional now. I'll probably be a lot less emotional the next time we record an episode of this. But I don't think my mindset's going to change. To me, that was one of the five dumbest most selfish football penalties I can remember, maybe ever. Name me five worst Buffalo Bills penalties that you've ever can remember because I'm at a loss right now. That is, look, I, I want to like Jordan Phillips. He says the right things. He loves this team. He loves Buffalo. He makes plays. He does make plays. Minus that Oliver, he's your next best defensive tackle. He's probably the only other one who can who can penetrate and get a pass rush. He did hit a sack. But here's the problem: the dude can't tackle. You saw last week the screen pass. He whiffs on a tackle. The guy goes 30 yards down the field, sets up what would be the game winner for New England. Maybe he thought Baker was going to get away from him somehow. So he's, he grabs his face mask. It was inexcusable. It was stupid. And anything that happened after that, whether it was uh, the rest of the Tampa drive, which ended up resulting in a touchdown to Mike Evans, 
whether it was the last drive, whether it was the Hail Mary, where Tampa, quite frankly, should have caught the ball if Godwin's looking and they lose the game. They The Bills could have lost this game. 46 guys did their job and one didn't in that moment. If the Bills lost this game, people would be killing McDermott and he deserve a lot of blame. I get that. People would talk about the offense stalling in the second half and you'd have a fair point. People would talk about the defense this, defense that. If the Bills would have lost this game tonight, it would have been because of Jordan Phillips. Straight up. Jordan Phillips doesn't commit an absolute brain-dead penalty. The football game is over, period, end of story. So he will always be at the top of any list about this game of things I don't like. That is a problem. Uh, Teron Johnson, kind of a carbon copy of last week. Love the guy, plays well. He made some good plays during this game, too. So I, I thought against New England, I thought he stunk. Thought maybe it was his worst game as a Buffalo Bill. Can't say the same this week, but I talked about two fourth down penalties where the Bills had them stopped and the game was over. Well, the first one was a Teron Johnson uh, defensive holding. Although, in fairness, it's almost like heat in the moment, open field, early in the play. I'm almost more forgiving with that to Johnson than I would be like I said, Phillips base masking a guy when he already has him sacked. It's just, God, I, I get more mad when I even think about it. But anyway, Johnson, I think it might be his third defensive holding penalty or hands to the face in two weeks now. That's just a problem. And he also got beat for the first touchdown of the game, which was pretty much a carbon copy of what New England did last week with Kaseki. Tampa did it with Goodwin. He got a little inside leverage on him. Bam. Perfect pass. Touchdown. So I don't like what I've seen from Jerron Johnson in the last two games, whether it's giving up plays or but especially the penalties that they hurt. Jerron Johnson had a huge penalty in Foxborough last week on a third down stop. They gave New England new life, gave him a first down. Would have been a sack. Remember, Leonard Floyd had a strip sack fumble. They got wiped out because of Teron Johnson penalty last week. Well, fourth down stop got wiped out before uh, on, on a fourth down play for, for Tampa. You can even make an argument. I'm just railing about Jordan Phillips and, and an idiotic penalty he had. That don't even come. That plays don't even come in the picture. They don't get the ball again. The game again. Teron Johnson doesn't commit that penalty. Doesn't even honor Jordan Phillips having another fourth down penalty. So, gotta get his shit right when it comes to that. Uh, Tyrell Dotson. Long story short, because I don't want to take up much more time here. Dude's not good enough. All right, I, they started him over Dorian Williams. He's going to be a liability. And I kept focusing in. And like maybe it wasn't so much this specific game, but you could just tell. You could just tell. When you're playing the Bengals of the world and the Eagles and the Chiefs and all these teams they're going to be playing soon, that's not that you can't have them out there. You can't. I thought that was a bad decision by Sean McDermott. Play the kid. Play Dorian Williams. Let him grow. The upside's there. There's no upside with Tyrell Dotson. Listen, he's not the worst linebacker in NFL history. I don't want to sound like he's a bum and a scrub who doesn't belong in the NFL. He's got a role in the NFL, but it's a, it's a backup special teams guy. It's not a guy who's going to be out there for 95 of your snaps, 95% of your snaps. He's just not good enough. And we'll see in the game film and the grades as they come on over the next few days. But when my, the naked eye test tells me he ain't good enough. Uh, I, I didn't like also uh, the obvious, just an overall inability of this team yet again to, to put somebody away. This game should have been, again, we're sitting there stressed out over a game that there should have been no stress over. The Bills were the better team. The Bills, for probably, what, 52 minutes, 
dominated, and then they ended up holding on and winning by six points. If you bet the Bills, you got screwed in the end. So I don't like that, man. You got a bad team, put them away. Put them away. And the, and the Bills, you know, they're not they're going to lose this game. The way they played in the last eight minutes, the way it unraveled, I think they lose this game against other teams. So they're going to have to play better for, for four quarters. Um, you know, I'd like to think that maybe they'll put their, you know, foot on the gas and keep it there when they're playing better teams. Going back to what I said a handful of minutes ago, I'd like to think, and I hope I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, but if the Bills are playing the Bengals or the Chiefs, then you're not punting on fourth and two from beyond midfield when, when you're up. I don't care if you're up 14 against a, a great team, a, a great offense. Tampa's not a great offense, but you're going to see some great offenses. Keep your foot on the gas, put a team away. The Bills did not do that. And then uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about, look, I, overall, you got to give some credit to Ken Dorsey. I mean, we're going to sit here and, and, and base him every single week. You got to give the guy credit for your finding a way to incorporate a lot more components of the offense. You know, Josh Allen's design run call. I don't think Josh called that out his own. At least I don't think he did anyway. Um, some of the past plays. Gabe Davis, who I should have mentioned before, by the way, an afterthought in New England, one catch for five yards. I think he had eight catches for whatever he had today and a touchdown. So big, big, big bounce back from Gabe Davis. We'll talk about him much more in the next episode. But anyway, Ken Dorsey deserves credit for a lot of those things. However, I almost lost my shit. And I know a lot. I didn't almost. I did lose my shit. And I know a lot of you watching did as well or listening did. When the Mills third and goal was it from, from the half yard line, um, they go to shotgun. And, and they run about a cook. And it gets stuffed for a full yard, yard and a half loss. Didn't we not just see this shit happen? Didn't we already see this? How do you not learn from that? How do you not, from the half-yard line, put Josh Allen under center and run the ball? It's a case as Ken Dorsey trying to get too cute. I don't know. Maybe the first time it happened, you could, you could sell me on the excuse that I don't want to get Josh Allen hit. We don't want him running the football. But we saw in this game that certainly wasn't the case. And by the way, this was early in the game because Josh Allen did end up in the blue tent at some point. But that was later in the game when he took um, a hit after throwing a ball or running to the sideline. Very next play is when he ran in for a touchdown. But anyway, prior to that, a series before that, Josh Allen was running the ball by design. You're not running him from the, from the what, eight-inch line? You go to shotgun again. And you hand it off to Latavius Murray again, and it gets stuffed for a loss again. Which, by the way, nothing against Latavius Murray. Been kind of a nice story, and I still think he has a, a role for this team, especially pass blocking. More James Cook, less Latavius Murray. I, I'm about done with uh, the Latavius Murray show at this point. But anyway, Ken Dorsey, man, you got to learn from that shit. Don't repeat the same mistakes. That is just inexcusable to make that mistake. And the Bills, by the way, came out of that drive with no points, which in a game that ended up a one-score game. So that shit can happen. Overall, a much better game or, or game plan for Ken Dorsey. And Josh Allen, during his press conference, from what I'm understanding now, is giving uh, Ken Dorsey plenty of credit for the game plan. But you can't make that stupid-ass mistake. All right, I'm going to get out of here. Before that, though, a couple real, real quick uh, big-picture thoughts. I feel better. Now, I'm going to be careful. Tone Bucks and I talked about this, and, and Tone predicted it 
if I would, if I didn't want to cut this episode off soon, I would play his clip, but it's a good four or five minutes. So we don't need to make this five minutes longer, but Tone talked about it on the show last week. He predicted that the bills are going to get past Tampa and get confident, but then Cincinnati is going to stop the bills, which, because he said the offense won't be fixed by then. I think, and we will talk about it on the next show with Tone. I think Tone's wrong. I do think this offense is fixed. I don't care that it was Tampa, and I know it was Tampa and not, say, San Francisco out there or Philadelphia, but this offense, I am confident in right now because Josh Allen can run the ball, which I like that, and more importantly, is not Stephon Diggs or Bust. And Stephon, by the way, had eight or nine catches today, so big game for him, or good game for him, not a big game, but a, a good game for your number one receiver. He, he got fed the ball enough. But it's not that. Is Dalton Kincaid becoming part of this offense now that matters too? Not just being out there, but becoming a meaningful part of this offense. Khalil Shakir becoming a meaningful part of this offense. I like what Deontay Hardy could do when he's out there. I like James Cook. Not even just so much running the ball, but coming out of the backfield. You combine all that with Josh Allen and what seems like it's going to be, at least for the time being, um, throwing in the trash the 12 personnel that we've talked so much about that was going to be a big part of this offense and going to that three wide receiver set with the or set with the slot. I like this offense right now. So I have gained a lot of off our confidence in this offense to the point that if the Bills do nothing with the trade deadline next Tuesday, if the Bills do nothing on offense, I'm not going to be mad. I think this offense personnel-wise, talent-wise is good enough to win. I truly do. Execute, sure. You got to execute better, and you want to close out games better than they did uh, tonight against Tampa. But that doesn't take away my confidence in this offense. I'm very confident in them. Other side of the ball, big picture, defense needs help, man. You know, I'm certain, certain of it. Brandon Bean, if there's one thing I like, listen, I didn't like the stress or the anxiety at the end of the game, but I told my wife and my son, which I got a good son story about for, for this game, but I'm going to save that for the next show. I told them that ideally in a perfect world for me, I want to see the Bills, of course, first and foremost win. They did. I wanted to see the offense look good. Look good enough, in my opinion, anyway. And I wanted to see the defense not get murdered because they got to win the game, but give up enough plays and struggle in certain areas that Brandon Bean cannot look at this team and rest on their, his laurels. Like if they go out and they beat Tampa 38-0 and the defense sacks Baker Mayfield nine times and turns the ball over three times, Brandon Bean might walk into one Bills drive as you're listening to this sometime Friday and decide he don't need to do shit with this defense. I didn't want that to happen, and, and it didn't happen. What I'm telling you is this. This defense right now needs help, is not good enough, I'm certain of it. I'm certain that this defense is not good enough without Matt Milano, without Trey White, without Daquan Jones to, to, to get to the Super Bowl. It's just not. They're playing good teams coming up. Like the, the softy part of the schedule is almost over. You still got Denver, and I, I would argue that's even it. That Jets home game, if you think that's a softy part of the schedule, you're crazy. But anyway... This defense needs reinforcements. At least one, if not two. 
go get yourself. First and foremost, you got to go get a linebacker. You got to get a linebacker. You play this big dime and you put Taylor Rapp out there. Teams like the Bengals or even the Chiefs, they're going to run for 240 yards on you. I'll tell you right now. Go get a linebacker. Matt Milano, and I don't know who, and I don't know what team. I don't know who's selling, and I don't know what players contractually or fit-wise would work for the Bills. But I know there's somebody out there, and it's not my job. It's your general manager's job to do that shit. But the Bills have to get an upgrade. Forget trying to replace and, and have another Matt Milano. That shit ain't happening. Dude's an all-pro for a reason. But you got to be able to go out there and upgrade over Tyrell Dodson. I still think Dorian Williams is that upgrade. But it's obvious that Sean McDermott is not going to trust this kid his rookie year. He just makes too many mistakes. Go get a linebacker. That's your number one thing. Better than Tyrell Dodson. If you got two moves in you, go get another defensive tackle because you need, and it's got to be a one tech too. I'm talking about a true one tech like Daquan Jones played. Again, you're not going to get another Daquan Jones, but I know you can do better than Tim Settle or Puna Ford. In fairness to them, those guys didn't play bad tonight. I want to point that out too, because I've been burying them because they did nothing, 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 nothing against the Patriots, but they played all right tonight. But that said, you got to do better than them. Get Ed Oliver next to a true one tech. And Jordan Phillips, despite the absolute brain-dead penalty he has, he still has talent and skill when he feels like tackling and finishing a play. He, he could be your rotational guy, maybe along with Settle, but you got to do something there if you got two moves in you. Who wouldn't love another corner? But if you had a power rank, if I had a power rank, the, the, the needs of the defense to replace who they lost, I'm going linebacker one, which is funny because a week ago with Tone Pucks, I disagreed. But after seeing the defensive tackle spot the last two weeks, and, and I was like, yeah. But after seeing Dodson and the linebacker and having to go to six uh, DBs a lot tonight, I'm telling you now, it, it's got to be linebacker. Linebacker one, defensive tackle two, corner three. They're not going to make three moves. At least, but you got to at least make one. You got to add talent to this defense and not some bum either. It's got to be somebody who could come in and immediately be better than. Uh, Tyrell Dodson. Last point, and then I'm out of here, and I lied. I always lie. I said this is going to be a quick episode. Never is. Kyrie Elam, I spent Thursday, if you don't know by now, Kyrie Elam was not, not only was he inactive for this game, but the Bills promoted Josh Norman, who was on his couch a couple weeks ago. Dude's going to be 36 years old soon. Got elevated from the practice squad. It was active. Before Kyrie Elam, which to Norman's credit, again, he had two nice special teams tackles, didn't play a snap on defense. But the whole point is this. We've tried, I've tried, you tried to not go ahead and put that bus label on Kyrie Elam, but you can put it on him now because that's just, that's a wrap. If you're not doing enough to get in this lineup over Josh Norman, you're toast. You're done. And I fought with a lot of fans, and I mean a lot of fans on social media on Thursday, were trying to defend it, saying Sean McDermott was holding him out because to preserve his trade value. You don't want to get him hurt because you want to be able to trade him. Now, I'll preface this by saying he could get traded. He very well might get traded. He might be part. You're not going to get shit for him. If you're trading him straight up, you'd be lucky to get a six-round pick for him if you're lucky. But maybe him... And a fifth or a sixth might net you something better. I'm not going to dispute that. That could happen. But my argument was Kyrie Lum did not suit up and play in this football game because Sean McDermott, for the fifth time in eight weeks, 
determined that Kyrie Elam was not one of his best three boundary corners. Period. End of story. It is as simple as that. They're trying to win football games before all else. There's only 17 of them, and they're only four and three coming into this game. If you think that the biggest reason the Bills did not activate or have uh, Kyra Elam dress for this game is because they wanted to preserve some trade value, you're crazy. The Bills are trying to win a football game before anything else. And straight up, Sean McDermott just said, he's not one of my best three corners, which again, hadn't played him. This has been the fifth time. And Trey White, if he didn't tear his Achilles, Kyrie Elam wouldn't have even dressed once this year. So come on with this. Just stop. Dude's a bust. Hopefully they could trade him. Hopefully they could get something from him. And look, maybe in a different system with different personnel around him, different coaching, maybe he could turn into something. And then if, he do, if he's gone, I hope he does. But his time in Buffalo is any type of useful player. Shit's over. Shit's over. All right. That's going to do it. Now. I'm not going to harp on Kyrie Lam right now. There's much bigger things going on with the Buffalo Bills. End of the day, I hate saying a win is a win, but it truly is right now. This team is, is an organization, a franchise that really needs to figure their shit out. But at least you're doing it coming off a win. This would have been, I'll leave you with this. I'll leave you with this. This could have been, just imagine that the Bucks get the ball with what, 21 seconds left? Go 80 hours down the field. And connect out of Hail Mary, which, again, you watch the game. I don't need to tell you this. It could have easily been a completion. And just imagine going to bed late Thursday night with the Bills at 4-4, four and four, losing a the game. They were up by two touchdowns late against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home after losing to the New England Patriots the week before. I think the season's over. If that Hail Mary is complete, I think the Bills' season's over. I truly do. Truly. But that said, it wasn't completed. The Bills escaped. They won. They're five and three. They got 10 days to figure their shit out on the defensive side of the ball. Actually, by figure their shit out, I mean they got 10 days. They got five days for Brandon Bean to figure his shit out because he's got to make a move for this defense. Don't get away from what they did on offense. Just keep your foot on the gas. Don't plan on fourth and two if you're playing a better team, which you got to not criticize it in this case. And I think this is a football team that still has plenty of potential at least. So anyway, that is going to do it. Thank you again for tuning in. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Patrick Moran TV. Enjoy the weekend. We'll be back plenty of new episodes coming up. Talk to you soon. Take care, guys. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.